You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So we are constantly hearing about the real estate market. It's on fire. We've never seen a market like this, which is true. But surprisingly, there's a few markets out there, a few sub markets that have been overbuilt. And maybe they're not exactly where people are wanting to live during the whole Rona thing. They are struggling. And those are typically the downtown urban cores, those big high rises with all those condos. Mm, having a tricky time. So what we're going to do on this podcast, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about downtown Seattle price reductions show buyers have the upper hand. What market do buyers have the upper hand anywhere? Well, this is that one market that I've been talking about that is a great investment that's going to take a little bit of time to come back around. But when it does, you'll make some money. I've talked about this since the beginning of the pandemic. And everybody's like, ah, you're crazy. You're you're a nut job. What's your problem? Why would anybody want to live there? Well, because it's downtown. And that's where all the big office space is. And that's where people will will live again, they will live. Now we have had some issues like homelessness and people breaking out windows and good stuff like that, gonna have to sort that out a little bit. But this is not a hard play to imagine. Hey, buying a condo, buying a smaller condo downtown, hmm, thinks right now that it's kind of one of those reverse strategy, you know, things going against the grain. Because the second article we're going to talk about is a house that went $700,000 over list price in Kirkland. Kirkland is where the pandemic started, right? Life centers, whatever they were in Kirkland. Um, retirement community had just a whole bunch of people get the Rona and die at the beginning. That's, that's, uh, that's what you know, uh, we talked about so many times at the beginning of the pandemic is Kirkland, just a few miles from where I'm recording this podcast. Um, yeah, focus of the Rona, right? And then it kind of switched to the East Coast and New York. And, um, you know, it's just the, the way that went. But you want to talk about buyers not being in control or not having the upper hand 700 grand over list price from 2.5 million to 3.2. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Um, not a lot because that's ridiculous. And we're reasonable people. That's why we're here. Um, that's not a reasonable scenario. That's nuts. But we are going to talk about it. All right, before we jump in, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I own a real estate appraisal company. And I also own a real estate brokerage. We've got like 110 brokers. So what I do during my gay dig when I'm not abusing the microphone, like you see me doing here. All right, let's jump on into it. And this is a Seattle Times article. No, we're not talking about homelessness or Antifa or any of that good stuff talking about real estate on the real estate podcast. All right. Pandemic hit Seattle's downtown property market hard, which is good news for buyers. Now, if it bleeds, it leads is always the headline. Oh, let's read that. It sounds terrible. Let's let's see what the see what the horror show going on is. And when you got to read these articles, you got to read between the lines because some of the factors that are really underlying aren't always necessarily dealt with 100%. And as a real estate guy, I'm like, yeah, but here's the angle that's probably it's not as sexy. This is the angle that we're that's that's the real show. But nobody wants to talk about that because that's boring, you know, whatever that may be. Um, But that's the kind of nonsense that I point out here, because I'm actually in the trenches as much as any managing brokers in the trenches of anything, right, or owner of a company or 
guy that just talks into a microphone half the day. Could Seattle's downtown property market downturn be a good thing for buyers? Question mark? Yes, if it means reduced prices. And right now it does. And I've been following this pretty closely because this, it makes absolute sense. When the pandemic went from what we all assumed would be a few weeks, remember 15 days to flatten the curve? We're like a year later, right? Over a year, March 15th is the date I kind of earmark and we are now here May 3rd. I'm recording this on May 3rd. That's crazy. Over a year of ridiculousness. And the pandemic went from what we all assumed would be a few weeks into months and months and then beyond a year. City dwellers took their work from home lifestyle away from America's downtowns, sometimes away from cities altogether, but not permanently, not permanently. And that's the play that I'm always talking about. Now over a year later, and even as the pandemic continues, people are coming back to American cities. But the slowest areas to regain their former popularity are the nation's downtowns. And this is very true in Seattle. The median sold home price year over year would normally be the most telling of a downturn. And in the case of Seattle's downturn, that median sold price is down to 591200 a 7.6% decline year over year. More striking, though, is the reversal in market demand for downtown properties. As of quarter one, downtown sales have declined 44.1% year over year, and those that did sell had to wait a long time to do so. The average days in the market for quarter one was 33, up 94.1% this year. Man, at one point in time when I was a young man, if I heard that marketing time was 33 days, I would have been like, wow, this market is on fire. Because anything under 90 days was considered pretty darn fast. That's when you have inventory of four to six months. Right now, you've basically got no inventory, except in some specific markets. And so let's keep reading. Let's just see what see if the author picks up on the right stuff we need to talk about. Downtown property developers have responded. For example, the Spire was a big building uh, is a $350 million 41 story luxury condo tower in the heart of downtown Seattle. Now, Spire units can be yours for less than they were originally set to sell for, even though the tower hasn't even been fully completed. Spire is announcing limited time price reductions up to 10% in advance of the building's opening later this summer, a spokesperson for Spire told the Seattle PI. Okay, with prices now starting from the high 400s, okay, you're getting a condo, high 400s in downtown, not where everybody wants to be, right? Because all that good stuff down there, not necessarily open. A lot of businesses are boarded up. You got a homelessness issue still going ongoing. Got some crime. Some criming has been happening down there. And everybody knows it. So you throw that on top of overbuilding the market. If you go, uh, if you look at Seattle, you're like, holy crap, how many how many cranes does a city need to build out its skyline? The answer is a lot. So there's a lot of activity going on in downtown Seattle, new stuff. And so you put all these factors together, people not being able to do all the cool stuff in downtown that they used to be able to on top of an overbuilt market. Builders have loaded up the market with buildings, and there is zero elasticity elasticity to supply and demand of downtown or of real estate in general. But downtown with these $350 million buildings, I mean, the development 
timeline on these things is incredibly long. So once they get started, they're going to come on and developers look around and go, wow, there's a crap ton of other buildings out there for sale units for sale. We've got an opening coming up, we need to, we need to kickstart our numbers a little bit. Let's do a price reduction. So that's what that's what we're talking about. We're talking about numbers being down a little bit. But those numbers being down a little bit as far as what they're asking and what they could have gotten maybe a year ago. Um, during a real estate market that's been on fire, you know, we're going to talk shortly about the 700,000 over list sale that just happened. So numbers down a little bit relative to a residential market, not a downtown urban core market. That those are huge down a little bit is a huge, huge number, relatively, right? Okay, so Spire introduced the reductions in March to test the market, which resulted in a major jump month over month of 10 sales. In less than 30 days, people are getting a bargain. Those are the bargains you should be checking out if you can stomach owning a small condo unit because a lot of people can't. If I have to live in this thing with my dog, my wife, my kids, whatever it is, if I have to do the gym in there again, no go. So these smaller units, which is what we're talking about, they have had that stigma of, oh, man, I don't want to go up and down in that huge concrete steel building. And I don't want to go up and down in the elevator, I might get the Rona, don't want to touch stuff, all the cool stuff, cool amenities still aren't quite open. A lot of the businesses are under in those areas, we just haven't had that vibrancy come back. But it will, because look at the map, that's not changing. Okay, your proximity to the downtown, where businesses are on the regular sending people back. I had to take an Uber this past Saturday from um, South Lake Union to uh, Bellevue. It was an 11 minute wait, and it was almost 50 bucks. Normally, I can get an Uber in like four minutes, and it's maybe 35 bucks. And the Uber driver basically said, people are going out, they're coming to downtown, we're starting to see more activity. And I was like, yep, that sounds about right. Things are a happening. So Aspire is not I'm talking about the project again is not alone in slashing prices. The Olive Eight Tower features price reductions too. a two bedroom two bath unit that listed for 1.695 million in October of last year is now listed at 1.675 million. So we've had a $20,000 price reduction. That is the big news here in this story. 20 grand on 1.695. Now the story there is that it's a reduction, not an increase, which is what all of the other markets are doing, right? You look at some of these residential neighborhoods, price increases on their new construction, it's like, Oh, my gosh, what? It went up? How much? It's that type of conversation. Like that's not sustainable. Yeah, we know we don't care. Somebody will bring in cash. If they can't get financing. We'll move on to that next offer. We'll take that offer. It's not just luxury towers dropping prices either. 33 downtown Seattle homes, condos have dropped their prices in the last 30 days, including everything from a here, here you go, a one bedroom unit on vine to a two bedroom unit on cedar. See the pattern? I'm talking about one bedroom and two bedroom condos, small. Guess what? You know, what's even worse than that, a studio. And I know these things because I own a real estate company. 
And we've listed studios and one bedrooms and two bedrooms and not a lot of activity on those bad boys because nobody, the, the things that they are known for, the reasons you buy those units have been, they've gone the opposite way during the Rona, right? And so they've still got this stigma. And now on top of all of that, on top of having to deal with crazy stuff in downtown, the market's overbuilt. That's the bottom line. That's what you really need to know. So is it necessarily the craziness going on in downtown? No, that is one factor, but there, is, there are a number of factors working here. And I actually, you know, from time to time, I think um, I, I might want to live in a condo. My kids are up and done. I might want to live in a condo in downtown. That would be cool. But then I kind of think, ah, living in Bellevue, it's suburban and there's not a lot of noise and yeah, the neighbors look at you and they want to know what you're doing. Whereas in a condo, they look at you on your deck, whatever. And um, you've got that whole thing going on. But I think it would be cool to be able to walk and get my groceries. Never been able to really do that. Um, would I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe I just have everything delivered. Is that the direction we're going? I think I, I find myself ordering more and more from Amazon. I can get it overnight or I can get it by 5 a.m. the next morning. I mean, I'm not up at 5 a.m., but if I could get it at 5 a.m., that's got to be worth something, right? Yep, I'm ordering that one. That's the one I'm going with. Crazy how much stuff we can just get delivered, right? Is now Here's how this article ends. Is now the time to buy downtown? Is it time? Should you consider it? And I know a lot of people have said, Sean, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard, buying a condo. That's dumb. These cities are never coming back. Well, don't count them out. Given how hot the rest of the Seattle real estate market has become, there not, might not be a better one. I butchered this ending, but th the question is, is now the time to buy downtown, downtown? And the answer is, there might not be a better time to buy downtown. I don't know. Um, I think there's always a, a room and a place for a one-bedroom unit, but with what we've just kind of gone through with the whole coronavirus thing, I think people have that in the back of their head and they're like, yeah, I'll buy one, but it's got to be a little bit of a deal because I don't see people lining up to buy these. Guess what? You're going to see when a lot of this stuff comes on board and they hit that right price point, they sell a bunch of them. Like they said, they had what, 10 units sell in um, just a few days. Um, when you get to that point where you can no longer buy it, people are going to be like, okay, there's none on the market. Now is a good time because people are sheeple when it comes to real estate. Let's see what the sheeple are doing in this next article. Okay. And this is the Kirkland one. So this is Patty Payne's cool pads, kind of a local uh, blog peek inside Kirkland home, which was snapped up for 700 grand over asking price. Somebody just plucked it right out of the market 700 over. Doesn't that get you a house in most areas? And I know here in Seattle, it's ridiculously expensive. When I say get you a house at 700, I mean an entry level, like three bedroom, one bath, maybe three, two further out. But you're not getting much in the greater Seattle area for 700 anymore. You're not getting much for a million. So a 2,800 square foot Kirkland home dubbed our place and belonging to recently retired Microsofty Sam Guggenheimer and his wife Monica Guggenheimer, sold recently in the blink of an eye. Krista Mayer, owner and broker of Mayer and Associates Real Estate, along with her associate broker Deborah Song, had the lucrative listing, which drew nine offers in the first four days. 
Our place sold and closed for $3.2 million in seven days flat. The sales price was $700,000 over our asking price of $2.5 million on a whopping... Okay, this is an interesting stat here. It had a whopping $1,142.86 per foot. $1,100 per foot. You know, square foot, one by one. That's a lot of money. The top three offers were all over three million. This started off at two seven. They all escalated at least ten percent over, and then, you know, one went to three two, and it was clearly the winner slash loser. However, you might see it, and and the only reason I say loser is. I jokingly say you are both the winner and the loser because you paid so much money and um, you had to basically give up all your contingencies and you had to write a check for cash. Oftentimes that will put the buyer in a precarious position. And that's why I say both the winner and possibly not the winner. All right. And all those buyers were relocating from California. So that's where pe- so people are coming in. Kirkland is a hotbed of Google um, and just a plethora of other. Google's the big one. Is there Expedia in Kirkland? Expedia is in Bellevue. So Kirkland is just to the north here. Bellevue is just to the west of where I am. They're side by side cities. Both um, have massive pull from. They're a Seattle suburb, right? And so. All of them are re- relocating from California. So when people ask, well, where are all the people coming from? Well, from California, because the way Seattle is set up, it looks pretty darn good compared to like in LA or San Francisco. We look like we have zero homelessness. Now I talk about the homelessness here in Seattle, but it is nothing compared to what these folks are dealing with in a lot of their markets. And also, um, you know, 3 million bucks in Cali not that much money here, you get a pretty decent house. This house was what 2800 square feet home, didn't really have any views, contemporary, nice, new, good location, 27 to 32. That's nuts, right? We turned down $3 million cash before the offer review. And being patient really paid off. Let's talk about that for a second. So they had an offer review date. So what will happen is you'll say you put the home on the market on a Wednesday. You want to have that weekend to let it stew, to let it percolate, get that interest up, get a few um, buyers understanding that, oh, hey, there's somebody else. I wonder what they're offering. Oh, and then they think about it all night. And the next morning, they're like, okay, let's go 300 grand over list. They're at 400 grand over list. We're going to go 500 grand over list. They're at 600. Oh, can we squeak 650? Can you call the mortgage guy? Can you see if you can get our, our maximum raised? Should we be doing this? Don't really care. That's a sweet house. I want that house. And that's how you go from 27. Was it? Yeah, 27, 25 to 32, 25 to 32. Nuts. Nuts. That's how you get there. So they turned down 3 million cash, which is a somebody that knows they probably don't have the going, the ability to go the distance at 3-1-3-2-3-3, but they're trying to get you to move. Hey, we know that we're here before our offer review date. So they'll put it on the market on a Wednesday. Maybe the next Monday, they'll have an offer review date. All right, we're going to give you guys Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, m- come Monday, give us your best offer. Let's go. Let's see what happens. And so prior to that Monday offer review, they got an offer for 3 million cash. Basically, we'd love to just take this hand, this home off your hands. Now, the issue is what if those buyers 
you know, you don't take that offer. And then you've got other offers less than that. And you have to tell your seller, you know, we could have taken that $3 million cash offer. But you know, we got greedy and we waited and we did get 3.2 for you. But the bottom line is, is you could lose potentially lose that buyer if you don't take it. And that's what they're trying to get you to do. That's what the other side is trying to get you to do is commit. Show me the money. All right. So we turned down 3 million cash before the offer review and being patient really paid off. Real estate speak for we rolled the dice and won. The owner said those who looked at the home saw its value. I love it when real estate brokers say, ah, somebody saw its value. We uh, what that means is we asked way too much and somebody agreed to pay us. That's what that means. They saw its value. And the reason I know this is because over 30 years as a real estate appraiser showing up on people's porches and it'll, you know, I'll be showing up on somebody's porch and getting let in by the seller doing a, you know, purchase an appraisal for a purchase. Bank needs to know what's, you know, what they should lend on and what's the home worth. And one of the first things they'll often say when they know that they have a precarious sales price, maybe the sales price isn't necessarily supported by closed sales, which are the basis for an appraisal, don't have any data to support it. What they will say is, yeah, the buyer really saw the value in our home. They saw the value, meaning they know it's really high and they're okay with it. They're willing to buy it. Please, oh, please, oh, please, Mr. Appraiser, Get the appraisal high enough so these people can buy it because we want to take their money. That's that's what they're saying. We saw its value. All right. Um, it shows that buyers are knowledgeable because they paid a really top price. That's what makes them knowledgeable. And want to have a better house, not a bigger house, because this wasn't a huge house. This was a smaller house. And yet we got $1,142.86 per foot. Okay, we put a lot of work into downsizing and creating a multifunctional environmentally responsible house designed for durability for a family and for the future. Buyers appreciated that much more than the realtors who looked at it did said, say I'm Guggenheimer. All right, so now we're just kind of getting into opinions. This is the opinion of the of the Microsoft guy. He's not a real estate guy. He's just like, well, those damn real estate brokers, they told us we'd get less. See, look at them. They don't know what they're talking about. So he makes the comment, buyers appreciated that much more than the realtors who looked at it did. Now, the realtors who looked at it appreciated the home that you built and what you had, but there was no data to support much higher than the 2.5 list price. And fortunately, you got a cash offer, which means don't have to send out an appraiser to maybe tell the bank that it's not worth $3.2 million. I don't know. I haven't looked at the data on this at all, but those are just kind of some of the the situations that are going on in a market where a home gets listed for two five and goes for three two, that's that's just the the reality of it. Guckenheimer said other realtors told him that they were overpricing the house at two five. They did not seem to understand anything other than price per square foot averages. But the offer has proved to us that buyers are shopping for homes that reflect social responsibility and function over square footage. He said, "Okay, I'm just going to let you run with that one because that's some." Um, we do base our things off of dollars per square foot. And that is in any other market, that is what you focus on. In this market, there is so much froth that people are making decisions that to me, 
don't make a lot of sense. But if you've got enough money to cut a check for $3.2 million, God bless America, you do your thing, right? I'm not going to say no. The 2800 square foot house sits on a 15,000 square foot double lot. The residents offered an open floor plan with an indoor outdoor living room, four bedrooms, three baths, two studio offices, plus distinctive concrete floors, quartz and metal counters and an indoor garage door. Outside features a swimming pool, hot tub, covered outdoor kitchen and fire feature. So it's a cool house. I mean, no doubt about it. It is a really cool house. It's an awesome looking house. Um, but over 3 million, I'm probably going to want to get a view somewhere. I don't really need all the fancy environmental stuff that they've got in this house. Plus, I don't need a four bedroom home. Um, my kids are gone. I just don't need that anymore. But that's just me. Other families are like, ah, we're both working from home. We've got, you know, these multiple offices, we've got room for the kids, we've got this pool out here, that in Seattle market, you can use three, maybe four days, weeks, no, no days a year, because it's just not that warm. Hey, you want to go swimming? 70 degrees out. No, it's still a little cold. Nah. nah, 50 degrees here, 55 degrees here. It shirts off at the beach. It is. If there's a little bit of sunshine in Seattle, you will literally see dudes with their shirts off between 50 degrees and 60 degrees because you might soak up a little bit of just vitamin D you wouldn't get otherwise. So Guckenheimer, the seller, says five buyers spent much spent more than two hours each with him going over environmental features such as the solar thermal system, locally sourced renewable materials, groundwater and carbon conservation, stack effects ventilation, reflective roof, natural cooling, and more. The Guckenheimers have moved to another socially and environmentally responsible house on the big island of Hawaii. Check out the pictures of this home that sold lightning fast for so much over the asking price. Good article. A um, lot of stuff going on there. In a frothy market, people will pay a premium for all the socially responsible environmental stuff. In a regular market, they don't pay a premium for that. And I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, but uh, the green factor. Yeah, I really don't see it, to be honest with you. I looked at a lot of data. I'm not seeing it. I know there's a lot of appraisers out there who are like, well, based on this, 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 and this, um, you know, buyers are paying XYZ premium over a home without these features. I'm not really seeing it. But in this price range, without a view to go from 2.5 to 3.2, the house has got some cool stuff. So these people are, they're, they're paying a premium for it. It's a package deal though, um, because you've got not only the environmentally cool stuff and all these new, these, you know, people love this stuff. They really get into it. The fact that we're even mentioning that the Guggenheimers have moved to another socially and environmentally responsible house. There are people that that is a big consideration. Um, there aren't enough of them in the marketplace, in my opinion, as a longtime real estate guy, to really move the needle that much. But if they want to spend the money, I say, you do you, you do your bad self. The problem is, is when we come back, maybe they pay cash, and then they get an appraisal, and we can only, you know, support a percentage of that original purchase price. That's when it gets a little tricky. I overpaid how much for my home? Remember back when things just spiked in 2021? And I paid a lot of money? Oh, my house is worth is worth what now? Those are the conversations um, that are difficult to have. 
And that's a lot of what I talk about here, because that is reality. This marketplace that we're in right now is super frothy. Um, so you've got people paying 700 grand over list. And then you've got the downtown urban market, property prices being reduced, try and get buyers. Weird, right? I mean, you've got this real dichotomy. And literally, these two markets are only geographically, they're very close. I mean, they're a matter of miles. I, I don't know specifically where this house is in Kirkland. But let's say, you know, 12 miles, maybe eight miles, 10 miles, somewhere in that range from like a somewhere in Seattle address to Kirkland. It's not that far. It's across a bridge, but it's not that far. And yet you've just got these wildly different markets. So real estate is relative. And in today's market, there's just a lot going on. And if you're a buyer, you just got to be careful. If you're a seller, get that property on the market because there's feeding frenzies like this going on and you might as well take advantage. Where are you going to go after you sell that house? That's the rub. That's a tricky part. So as these trends continue, I will bring them to you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. My next podcast, I'm going to be talking about uh, the mom of one of the kids that was killed during CHOP. She's suing the city of Seattle saying, hey, you took away all the ser services. My kid didn't get the help he needed. You're at fault. That's what we're going to talk about. Look for that one. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Love to have you subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. Until next time, I will bid you adieu. See you then. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.